Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode. Hey, Adam, welcome back. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great behind the cheddar curtain today. It's cool, rainy. How about you? You know what? It's about the same here. I mean, I, I, I don't know what temperature wise, but it's been really crummy all day. You know, I kind of like the rain though, um, but it makes me definitely not want to uh, get up and no. go in in the morning. Yeah, we needed the rain in, in Wisconsin. It's been pretty dry. Has it? Oh yeah, here too. Like like mowing the grass and the dust is just blown up in your face dry. Like that's that's bad. Yeah. That's when you you know you know you don't really need to mow the lawn. Yeah. In two more years, when I have to mow the lawn, when my son moves out of the house, I, I'll probably feel your pain too. Oh yeah, you got two years. Yeah, he's a junior, so I got two years left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, I miss those days, man. I want uh, you know when Tyler, my son, just second year at Illinois State University now. So not that he mowed the lawn anyway. Um, <laughs> he didn't really help me with that, but that's fine. I still miss him. Still miss having him around. Exactly. Well, yeah. do you miss miss having our guests around? Because I think that you guys have a long-standing mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, absolutely. I Speaking of guests and speaking of kids and speaking of kids who have a lot more years in the house, our guest today, Ray Porton. How are you, Ray? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, we're so happy to see you. Ray has a couple of young boys at home. They'll be with him for a few more years. In case you don't know, for our listeners, Ray Porton. Ray is currently an elementary principal in Lake County, Illinois. Prior to serving in that role, he's been a middle school assistant principal with me the best yep. years of his life. Definitely the best years of your life, right, Ray? I'm young, so there haven't <laughs> been a lot of years. So, <laughs> uh, Prior to that, he taught elementary school. He is a Golden Apple Scholar. Lots of things we're going to talk about. Ray, we're so glad to have you on today. I'm so happy to be here. Really excited. All right. And, and I will point out that... He, our listeners can't see this, but as Adam pointed out so poignantly in the pre-show chat, um, you guys, you know, don't have any hair either on top of your heads. It's what is this? It's a leadership gift. I'm beginning to think it is. I'm, I think I might have to shave my head because at least the last six out of 10 of our guests, uh, male guests anyway, were bald. What is that? I and mean, it saves on the time in the morning. It's just right. money what? is easier. I don't have to pay for a haircut. It's easy. When the principal lab goes world, you know, big time, our first conference is going to be the ticket in is bald only. So women, men, everybody's going to shave your head. It's a free ticket, but you got to shave your head. Wow. Wow. A free ticket in? Yep. That's it. Yeah. Shave your wow. head. That's your ticket. So we're not going to charge people anymore to be, to be on the principal leadership lab? No, no. When we do like a big conference, like 50,000 people. I get it. Yeah. Just kidding, everyone. We never charged anyone for no. being on the show. We'd love to have you free of charge right. with hair, without hair. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, Ray, how are you, man? For our listeners out there today, you know, I just want to start with a little bit about who you are. And, you know, you're, you're, I, I mentioned already that you're, current, you're currently serving as, as principal of an elementary school. Um, and uh, just tell us who you are, man. Who's, who is Ray Porton? What do you do in education? How'd you get started? That kind of thing. Yeah, so um, as you said, I'm an elementary school principal now. Um, I always wanted to be an educator. You know, I mean, I will admit my grandma, when I was in high school, 
walking into one of my brother's junior high basketball games, looked at the principal who was a younger principal at the time and said, pointed to me and said, he's going to be a principal just like you young guy, just like you. And I mean, at that point, I think I had uh, accepted the golden apple scholarship. And so I knew I was going to school to be a principal or a teacher at the time, but I had no ambition to go into administration. I thought that would be way too far away from students from away from the classroom. And I had no ambition, but she, she knew better. Um, and so uh, 20 years later, you know, I'm in administration and, and loving it, you know? Uh, so I, yeah, but so I went into, originally I taught fifth grade for a number of years um, at a couple different districts and loved that. And then had some chance to be a Dean of students at a middle school for a year. Um, then went back into being a classroom teacher at the middle school social studies, seventh and eighth grade, before uh, becoming an assistant principal at the middle school and did that for five years before the last five years being an elementary principal. Wow, wow. And that's that's where you and I met, Ray, at the, at the middle school level where you were AP. And uh, I actually, I, and I tell this story, I went, I was in the district for eight years um, and I went to our superintendent because your middle school where you were at had a revolving door of administrators at the time for years and years prior. Uh, and I went to her and I said, you know what, I, I'd love to go over there and work with that staff and see what's going on over there. Not that I can solve the world's problems. Um, but I'd love, to, I'd love to go over there and check that out and work with them. That's where you and I got connected. And I'm so thankful for that time that, uh, that you know, we, we were able to work together. Absolutely. I mean, I will admit that time really is what um, led me to wanting to be an actual principal and not stay at the um, assistant principal awesome. level. Because I had still, you know, even when I went into the assistant principal, I was really afraid of being too far away from kids and, mm-hmm. and too far into the the red tape and that kind of stuff. And so um, as the assistant principal, I was dealing with student discipline. I was able to be in the hallways and and do a lot with students still. Um, But you actually, as the principal showed me that you can find that balance. You can still be a principal that is out there with kids and kids know you and you're building those relationships. And when I saw that, um, it really showed me that, okay, there is a way to do both to still do the big principal stuff, but also um, be there with kids and, and do that. Yeah. Jeff's always been that way. You, um, I, I visited Jeff as well. I, I don't remember. Was it, uh, McHenry or yeah. Crystal Lake? I don't remember. Whatever I came to visit you at your school and, uh, students, high fives. We don't do high fives anymore because of COVID, but sure. in the old days you used to do high fives and <laughs> you knew every student's name. And, um, so it was, he's been consistent, I would say. So way back then, you know, what was it like 30 years ago when you were with him? And you know, he's, he's maintained that consistency across decades. Decades. Yeah, my first few years, my first few years in fifth grade, the teachers I worked with, I worked on um, a team with four other women, and they all made fun of me all the time because I didn't hug kids. Like I was like, "Give me knuckles," or you know, yep. shake hands, high five, and uh, they were always hugging kids and everything. And like they found it weird that I didn't, and you know, and I just, I don't know, it just wasn't something that I thought I needed to be doing, um, but as I got into it more and started realizing that a lot of these kids need a hug sometimes. So that was actually one of my biggest fears if we, and when we come back to school in person and not remote is how to be at the front door and meet the kids like I do every day. Right. And not give the kids hugs that usually run up and give me a hug and not, you know, like how do you avoid that? You know, I mean, I have, 
a ton of them that every day they come up, they give me hugs, they give me high fives. They, you know, I have a little girl that her last name is King. So she, she comes up every day and I spin her and then I get down on a knee and she knights me because she's royalty, you know? And how do you do that without contact? You know? So it was, it was interesting. And that was my big, that is still a concern when we come back. I don't have the same concern. We're back. We are full capacity. And uh, so 300 kids at my middle school and I'm also at the high school and I don't hug middle school kids and I definitely don't hug the high school girls and boys. So we're, we're doing the same thing we've always done. So it's been fun, but it's been good. Even with a mask, it's still been good to be face to face at the doorway in the morning. At the end of the day, we just um, released and it was fun to see them and talk to them again. And tomorrow's picture day. So we'll see new haircuts and you know, it's going to be fun. So I, yeah, how many I, do, of our, I do miss that. I, I miss seeing the kids live. Yeah, how many of our seniors will uh, wear a mask for their yearbook picture tomorrow? Because we put their um, senior pictures in the yearbook, but then their class picture is often left up to them. So right, I wonder right. how many kids no, are going to wear curious. a mask. I'll, yeah. I'll be interested to see what, what happens there. They, they might want to, you know, just to memorialize this, this year, you know, a year like unlike any other. You know, it's funny, the, the connections that I'm making here, you know, Adam and I go back 25 years. We taught together. Um, you and you, Adam, you and Ray both taught fifth grade. Uh, mm-hmm. Ray and I worked together as, as administrators. And I'm curious, Ray, I mean, you, you, you know, you didn't see yourself as, as, uh, as principal first, right? You, you say you always wanted to be an educator, but you never thought about being principal. And it was probably for the same reasons that a lot of us um, don't want to go into administration because we're worried that, at least I was too, worried that you're going to lose those connections with kids. Um, so, you, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, what would you say to, to, um, you know, people who are thinking about the same thing, you know, making that jump from teaching to administration, if they're worried about that same exact thing? I, you know, the biggest thing I think is if it's a priority to you, you make it happen. And so like that has been, that's where I've said, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm still doing this. And, um, it's actually my release. Like when the kids are in the building, if I'm in my office doing reports, doing evaluations, whatever, like my secretaries know, like, Oh, he's had enough time. He's going out to go see kids. And I go out and I yeah. hop into classrooms and you know, I, I, I do some walkthroughs so I can get out and see the kids a little bit. And then I go back and finish doing the, the paperwork I have to do. Um, so I think you just make it a priority. You find that balance of how to hold that authoritative principal position, but still, person you're I'm, a, I'm human and then you know I go out and I have fun and they see me having fun and goofy but they also know like that I'm the principal you know so I think it's fun that you uh, mentioned using a walkthrough as a way to get to see students I just listened to a it was actually YouTube but I listened to it on the way into this morning by Peter DeWitt and he was talking about how he has five steps to simplify the the walkthrough process and how sometimes principals, teachers perceive that principals are coming into the classroom to see them doing something wrong or to catch them. But your approach right there, that that's classic. And, and just, I just want to be able to see our students in action. It's not about teachers all the time. It's about how our students are reacting to what's taking place in the classroom. And you just want to see them. You just want to be part of it. That was a, that's a great approach for any walkthrough, I think. Yeah. I, I love being in the classroom. The only problem I have is, especially in the younger grades, when I walk in, it's like I got to remind all the kids, like, sit down and keep listening because they, like, jump up and run to me. And I always tell them that I'm going to get in trouble by their teacher. And they're like, but you're the principal. I'm like, but this is their classroom. And they're going to get in – I'm going to get in trouble, and they're not going to let me come back. You know, and the kids think it's funny that they – that I put the teachers on that pedestal and say this is their classroom. They make the rules, and I have to follow them too. So, yeah. 
Right, man. That that's the that's the beauty of being an elementary principal, and you make me miss that. You know, I, I don't think I'll ever leave the high school, but you make me miss the elementary. If I had to go back, it would be to elementary school. I can't tell you the number of teachers whose classes I interrupted, and they would yell at me as I run away down the hallway yep. because I would come in, the kids would just go crazy and i loved every minute of it man i loved every minute of it i let them and the teachers just started a couple of them anyway not all so if they're listening you know i, I recognize that it was only a few of you embraced it you know and we 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 stopped class you know but we stopped class and and because i had their attention i would read them a book or i would talk to them about something and it's those things that kids never forget you know i i won't forget it you know i won't ever forget those moments you know no, absolutely were, they remember they remember when you're there, not, not for what you taught them, but for being there for them and with yes. them. And that's what they remember. That's what I was going to say. So I see Ray, great people. We have great minds. <laughs> yep. I was going to say the same thing. And then Jeff, you're like the Hattie before Hattie was cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, relationships, the effect size of a relationship. Yeah, first. yeah. It's so huge, man. I mean, I just think about that in the, in the number of, of, of kids that I still keep in contact with. And I know you guys do too, you know, but why is that? It's not because of, what we taught them. It's yeah. because of what we taught them about who they were and about who they could become and about how important they are. You, you, you teach that to somebody, man. And, and you know, that, that's golden. You know, they don't forget that. That's what it's about. Yeah. Parents used to get scared at my open house when I was a teacher because I had no qualms about it, that I'm here to teach them how to be learners and how to be good people and citizens. And we'll get to the academics. And, and the did. parents used and to always did. like worry about that. I was like, listen, our kids do well. Like my kids will do well, but that's not my focus. My focus is building them as people and, and the academics come with it. Man, that's so, so true. So, I mean, that kind of leads us into um, what I want to talk about next, and that is uh, life's exponential impact, right? Yeah. You run a podcast with John Randolph, your assistant principal, called Life's Exponential Impact, right? And, and I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about here, right? The impact that you can make on kids and, and the exponential uh, weight of that right? I yeah. Mean, talk about where that came from. So I had been wanting to do something. I listened to your guys's podcast, listened to Thank you. so many of our, our friends from the men and N groups podcast. And I'd been wanting to find a way to have, have an impact. I, you know, like with COVID and you're not seeing people, you're not doing things. Um, I wanted to have more of a voice, especially with some of the social, um, issues that our country's facing. I just wanted to have a voice. Um, and so I was trying to figure out something and I realized, you know, like it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. Like everything we do every day can have an impact can leave a legacy. And we, 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 we went back and forth with names and stuff. Do we include something about legacy? But I don't know. Legacy to me sometimes gets, uh, it's like had people have a thought of what that means and it doesn't always mean good things or whatever. Um, so we, we were talking and I think it was listening to your podcast with Hal Bowman and he talked about, yeah how he had heard a, a statistic that a person in their life um, will meet and interact with 10,000 new people every like in their lifetime. Um, and so then we started thinking about, think about if you had a positive impact on every person you met and then they had that positive impact, like a ripple effect, how many people you, like one person technically could change the world because if it keeps multiplying, then it keeps growing. And so actually doing some research, um, it's actually said that if you, that a person will 
have an impact or interaction with three people a day, and if most Americans live to their mid-70s, you could, you could technically, in your lifetime, interact with 77,000 people. Wow. It's like 77,400 something. Um, and you think about it, if each one of those, if you leave a positive impact and then you grow that and they, they take a little bit of your positive impact and share it with the people that they meet each day and it keeps growing that you really can change the world just by the, the life you leave and the, um, and the interactions you have, you know? And, and so that's what it was, you know, I mean, you and I have a lot of conversations about, you know, I have two boys, a fifth grader and a third grader, Owen and Leo, and I, I love them to death. And my big thing is I want to leave the world a better place for them. You know, I want to make sure that, that 30 years from now, they're not living through some of the same social issues we are. Because 30 years ago, we were living through these same race issues, same social issues, and now we're doing it again. And so how do we change that for our, our kids and the next generation of kids? So that's kind of where the whole idea came. And so John and I, you know, we were talking about it one day and, and we started going over like how to, how to go about it. And the idea of like, you can have an exponential effect on the world by how you treat people and how you live. So we've, you know, we've got a couple podcast episodes out. Um, we're getting ready to record our next one. The next one's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about how do you have an impact when people disagree or when you're, you're not, on the same page with everybody. It's one thing to like have an impact when you're like, okay, everybody, we're going to be a positive. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's something everybody agrees on, but how do you have an impact when you disagree? How do you have an impact when you don't feel the same way or have the same views? Um, because right now, I don't know about you guys, but I look at a lot of things going on and it's almost like people don't know how to disagree. It's like, if mm -hmm. I don't agree with you, I hate you. And I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to attack you. And you know what? you have to be able to hear people and, and see where they're coming from. So that's what the next episode is going to be about is just touching on like, how do you have that impact when not everybody's on the same page? This sounds very much like a conversation that I have with my wife on a regular basis. She's very intellectual. She's well-read. She's a school social worker and she is not afraid to have those discussions with people that are tough where she knows the outcome is going to be, we agree to disagree, but she's going to do her best to showcase the, the, other side of the coin to make people think and she she's okay with that so if they leave not agreeing it's okay as long as you're thinking about what it is that that has been discussed and i think that right now both ray and jeff you know ray mentioned you know 30 years ago or whatever some of the race issues that we are encountering again as a country i think that through a, a new movement like this we have technology that didn't exist 60 years ago the three of us wouldn't be able to broadcast to the world and, and, and share our plights as a society from our small communities, but the internet has flattened the world in many places. So this could be the chance. And I go back to our very, one of our first episodes, Jeff, when we, when we met with um, on the social justice episode, oh, and we yeah. talked about, you know, are we going to make the changes? Is this, is this really going to happen? And it was just essentially agreeing that we're hopeful that it happens. And I guess I still am but I see that the vehicle of technology could really be the vehicle that pushes us faster and farther than what we did 30 and 40 years ago. Absolutely. I think we have platforms, we have opportunities that weren't out there. Um, and hopefully we take advantage of it, you know, and we put it to work for us and, and, and make the changes that need to be made. Well, thanks, Ray, because you know what? Just listening to you, I can sense it in your voice and it makes me want to get up. I want to go do something right now. So yeah. I can sense it. 
Absolutely. Uh, that, that's great. I cannot wait to hear your conversation with John about how you have an impact when you disagree, because a lot of, you know, a lot of people would wonder the same thing. And a lot of people would also, I hope, come to the realization that unless we are disagreeing, unless there is some conflict, the, the, that doesn't mean that conflict has to be bad. You know, unless there is some conflict, we can't, we can't move ahead. We can't make change. There has to be conflict in order to make change, to have real lasting, impactful change. And I think you're right, Ray. I think that, that people just, if you disagree, it's, I hate you, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, and that's not change. That's just that you were not making change that way. All, all the protests and rioting that you see. And, and I, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. But the, a lot of that, there's no change that results from that because it's just people not being able to listen and understand somebody else's point of view and, uh, and the other side of things. So. And it, the unfortunate part is it makes it, it, I will say it makes it hard sometimes to have a strong opinion because you want to hear all sides and you want to value people's opinions. And so I know there's people that when I talk to them, they are expecting me to have a super strong, aggressive opinion. And, and I say, listen, I see everybody's perspective on this. I see. So my dad and my political views are opposite. Oh. My mom and my dad have opposite political views. They can't talk about it though, because they end up arguing because someone's got to be right. Someone's got to be wrong. Yeah. My dad and I, we actually have had some very good conversations and there are times where he'll get me to say, yeah, I see your point. And there are times where he'll say to me, I see your point because we're just trying. And then that's where I go into him. I don't try to change his mind. I try to just plant a seed and hear him out. So I understand where he's coming from and, and, you know, and why he believes the way he does. And, and he does the same with me. So I value that. I, I enjoy that type of conversation because it helps me grow. Um, but it also helps me understand, you know, and then hopefully you can make change. Well, I'm assuming then your parents don't even have to vote anymore because they just cross cancel. So they can just stay oh. home on voting day. Oh no, they proudly vote and they <laughs> proudly tell the other person who they voted for. I oh, still don't know I'm why sure. they have that conversation every four years because it never goes well. <laughs> That's great. Well, Jeff agrees with me all the time, so we don't fight. So for 25 years, he just agrees yeah. with me. Yep. It works. It's funny because John and I were trying to figure out a topic that we could actually have a debate on on the podcast, like to kind of model it. And we're having a hard time coming up with something that we can't agree on in principle. Like, we're, I mean, even simple, like who the best basketball player is, what the best sports team is. <laughs> and I'll, so, you know, I said, like, so let's just argue football. Like, the Bears better than, than, than the Chargers. And he's like, but they are. <laughs> and I was like, God, ah, you got to like, and he's a huge Chargers fan. So we just go back and forth, you know, that we can't really disagree on stuff. So we'll find something. That's great. That's great. We could probably talk Packer Bears, Jeff. We could probably Ooh. disagree on that. Well, we could disagree on that. We yep. could disagree, but let's be real honest. Until the Bears do more, there's no argument still. And I'm a huge Bears fan. Yeah, but I love like, Ray. Ray is a great guest. <laughs> but I have to admit, like, it's not a rivalry when you get beat all the time. Like, it's just not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> now, but, now, White Sox, Cubs, we could argue that. Yeah, but yeah, we're Cubs we fans. The Sox are way he's better not, than the Cubs. He's not. Yeah, but Jeff, Ray's, we're Cubs fans. Ray's a, Ray's a diehard Sox fan. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Well, we can, we can end this episode now. We could. <laughs> we could. But first, I want to hear more. I mean, that, that, that's, that's one podcast, Ray, that you run. Yes. Now, you, you, you started um, a, a, a much more exciting, not that John is not a, a great, great co-host, but tell us about your other podcast because that's way more fun. So, and, and the funny part is, is my co-host on my other podcast, um, 
always likes to tell me that his podcast has at this point, I think 40 more listens than oh. my podcast. And, and, and we have the same amount, we, we've been doing it for the for same that. amount of time. There is a reason for it. So when John and I started our podcast, um, I got done filming the first or recording the first episode and, and I came upstairs and I was telling my wife about how excited I was about it and everything. And my third grader, Leo comes up and says, dad, I want to start a podcast with you. <laughs> And I thought he just wanted to talk on the boom mic, you know, and like, you know, the microphone. And, and I said, so is this like, what do you want to do? And he, and he says, I want to, I want to change the world. Like you're talking. He goes, I want to change the world. I want to make it better. And I said, okay. So wow. we started, I asked him what he wanted to do the podcast on. And at first he had some huge ideas that he's heard me talk about like race and relations and stuff like that. And I tried to explain to him that we need to build his background knowledge a little more before he's able to have those types of conversations. But I'm glad that he's, he's hearing when I have them. Um, and we decided to start a podcast called, what did, let me get her right. right the <laughs> living that online. Yeah. Living that online school life. So he, it's life, a third yeah. graders perspective on what remote learning is like. And so we do a weekly episode. Uh, he is so excited every Friday when I get home, it's like, dad, when are we going to record? When are we going to record? Uh -huh. We go downstairs and we set up the mics and we set up the system and he, we talk about what school's like and, and how he's doing with online schooling. And um, it's outstanding. He has a, every episode, he has a, a real or Leo fact, which Leo knows a ton about animals. He, he's just a sponge. And but as he was a younger growing up, he was always trying to keep up with his brother. So he would just make up facts sometimes. And he would just, just tell you something. And he, he says it was so convict, so, so much conviction that you actually believe it's true. And so we used to have to ask him like, is this a real fact or is it a Leo fact? And so now we do it where at the beginning of the episode, he gives us a fact, we debate whether it's real or Leo. And then at the end of the episode, he tells me if I'm right or wrong. Um, but it's awesome. Uh, you know, he sends, he makes sure I send his teacher, um, the link every week when we record it so oh, she can yeah. listen to it and she does she's awesome she listens and she will answer any questions that he might have said on it um, like the first episode he was upset because he didn't know what her favorite dessert was on the first day of school so he just he, he was thinking all the way into teacher appreciation week of what dessert he's going to bring her he doesn't know that yet so she um, responded to the email and told us that her favorite dessert is peanut butter cookies you know and so he's you know I mean it's it's really great um, we had his little, his older brother on as a guest he wants to have my wife on as a guest as what her perspective wow. is and um, it's it's a lot of fun he did ask me last week if he is the marquee of the podcast and I said, yes, you are. People don't listen to me. <laughs> they listen for you. And so Absolutely. it's about 15 minutes, 20 minutes every week. And we have a blast with it. It's so much fun. He's so proud of it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's him too. He is the, the brains behind the operation on that one. You know, wow. so it's awesome. Do you remember the last Leo fact or maybe your favorite Leo fact? so the last Leo fact I told him was a trick question and I am protesting it because <laughs> his Leo fact was that chameleons change their color based on their emotions. And so we discussed and I said, well, I don't think it's like the movie inside out. I don't think they turn red when they're mad and, and blue when they're sad and stuff. And so I said, I think that's a Leo fact where it's false. And then he explained that no, when they do get anxious, they will change colors. So it is based on their emotions, but it also is camouflage to fit into their surroundings wow. too. So he was, he was right. And so he was, again, it was, I told him it was a trick question because it's right and wrong. Um, and he thought that was really funny that he stumped me again because I have gotten everyone wrong. 
Oh man. So where, where does this kid get his brains from? You know, you or Anna, your wife, my wife, he is, he is my wife through and through. So smart, man. He's so, so smart. witty. I mean, he, for a third grader, it amazes me how witty he is. Um, you know, and then, and then my older one, Owen, like he's got the same wit too, though, but he's like, he loves puns and plays on words. Mm. So he'll ask, like, he comes up with these jokes that are amazing because they're just such a play on words. Um, and it, you know, they're, the two of them are so much fun doing stuff with. So, uh, yeah, the podcast though. And again, this podcast kind of led was started from John and I starting our podcast. And again, that ripple effect, you know, and we found out that one of the guys from men and ed, his, he's got a couple seniors in high school that he was telling them about Leo's podcast and they're starting a podcast yeah. on what it's like being a senior with e-learning and going to school now. And yeah. So, our buddy, Mark Horner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was totally cool that, you know, like it's growing and, 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 you know, something he's doing is having a positive effect and, uh, you know, it's showing him the power he has as one person that he can, he can do stuff. Well, I like the idea that, uh, podcasting is growing. We've heard this before from other guests that, uh, podcasting, I think it was Adam welcome podcasting is the new blogging and I, I love it because I can listen to it in the car on my way to work. I can listen to it on a run. So I love all this stuff, all the content that, young people are putting out and yeah. old people like Jeff were just putting it out there. So this is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You never miss an opportunity, Adam. That's right. Never miss an opportunity. That's just, another, that's another podcast episode. Never uh, miss an opportunity. Just like Adam Wayne Gretzky. About that too. Like yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Ray, Ray, I love the fact that, that this idea for living an online school life mm-hmm. came out of, life's exponential impact. I mean, tell me, tell me kids aren't watching you. Tell me kids aren't paying attention to you. Even when you don't think they're listening, tell me they're not listening, man. No, that was our second episode of life's exponential impact is how our kids watch what we do and either learn what to do or what not to do. You know, like you can learn from what not to do. And and so we had that conversation, Um, but how it, it forms their schema and how it forms how they see the world. And that's why, you know, when we see kids in schools who might be in gangs or whatever, because that's their normal, that's what they're used to seeing. You can't go up to them and say, that's wrong, you can't do that. You have to kind of chip away, plant those seeds, show them there's other options and let them kind of come to it. Because if you just walk up and say, that's not how you do it, well, that's their life, that's real to them. So you have to kind of chip at it. So it, 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 they watch everything we do. Even sometimes it's not even your own kids. Maybe you're at the grocery store and um, you let somebody go in front of you because they have less things. I didn't see my family do that. They might've done it. I don't remember it, but I do remember some, another person I saw do it one day and let, let our family go in front of them because we had less items in our cart. Mm. And I was like, oh, that was so nice. I do it all the time now. Like if I see someone at the store, I'm always like, hey, go ahead. And they're always like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm not in any hurry. It's okay. Go, you know, go for it. It's no problem. Uh, right. So true, man. So true. I love it. I can't wait to listen to it again. And I can't wait to share your episode. I, I didn't realize this until we started prepping for chatting with you today about your son and the living that online school life. I've talked to my son. He's a junior. Talked to him about doing something together because it seems like the older they get, it's harder. To, they Sometimes they, they go that direction. Of course, our listeners can't see my hands, but you know, <laughs> separating from one another. Um, I, I just want to do things with him because he's, he's yeah. clever. He's witty. 
he does get that from me. He, he's he's a good-looking boy like his mom, but he gets the wittiness from his dad. Amen. So I'll claim that piece, but uh, we, we haven't decided on a topic yet. But anyway, that's yeah. my own that's this my own COVID, The COVID, like, quarantining, lockdowning, you know, not being able to go out. As, I've, as much as it's hard, I've enjoyed it. I've get, I get to be home more with my boys, with sure. my wife. Um, my my boys now every saturday they pick what we're making for dinner and they make it and i'm their mm-hmm. sous chef so leo did pomegranate glazed shrimp on the grill that that was wow. all hit. i mean he 100 <laughs> percent created the menu last saturday leo want, or owen wanted to make uh homemade pizzas and he he came up with a roasted chicken and roasted garlic over a pesto pizza with fresh mozzarella. It was delicious. And he, you know, I mean, he made it up. He They send me to the store with the grocery list and say, go get it. And we spend Saturday afternoon just making dinner together. And it's just, it's fun. It's, you know, we got the podcast. They're, they're racing their remote control cars and stuff. And so we're, uh, we're I'm enjoying that component of it and that aspect of it um, a lot, actually, because it is a little easier to be home because you don't have anywhere else you can go. Yeah, we've we've heard that and said that a lot, that we are not downplaying the severity of what COVID-19 is. You know, it's it's resulted in a lot of death, but there are positives. So I'm glad to hear that you're latching on to those, too, because that's inspirational. But maybe that's what's going to lead us to the next piece of this question. So what is your leadership challenge, Ray? What are you struggling with? What do you want to get better at? You know, I've over the years, I think the challenge I have is having like having my voice and 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 leading my building and not outstepping from where the district direction they want to go or or from my my bosses you know um some you know and and i value what we're doing i think my district is doing a great job with a lot of things i don't always agree or i don't always have the same style of leadership as they do or they expect and so trying to find that balance on how to do what I feel is important the way I feel it's, it should be done, but still following the lead that is expected of me. Um, and, and so I challenge with that. I, 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 I find that a challenge. Sometimes it's, it's getting my creativity out. It's finding a way to have that creative outlet in my professional life because, you know, creativity is risky, you know, for people. And, and as a district, I understand, like, you don't want all your people just running around doing all sorts of new things. You have to have some focus and some guidance. And so trying to find that. Um, and that's part of why I wanted to do the podcast, because it gave me that opportunity to have that um, on my own time, but still get that professional um, satisfaction out of it, too. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it with another educator, and we, we tend to lean towards education topics, you know, when we talk. I'll tell you that uh, doing the principal leadership lab, no matter how long the days are during the school day from time to time, as it gets closer to recording time, I get more and more excited. And by the time I'm done tonight, we're recording three episodes. By the time I'm done, you'd think you'd be more tired. I feel like going back into the building and doing something. It's invigorating to hear other leaders across the nation that are in the same boat and it's very encouraging. So keep it up because because of you. John and I, last Friday night, we decided let's record it. We recorded the first episode the day before school started. Yeah. We were like, let's get this done. We want to do this. Let's do it. And we were amped the whole time. And then, like, last Friday night, a full week of remote learning, which was exhausting. Yeah. And, like, Friday night we got done. We're like, we could do another episode. Like, you want to? And, like, now we've spent enough time. Let's, like, let's get back to our families. You know, yeah, but, yeah, sure. you're right. It's, in, it's, 
it's invigorating. It, it, it's, it, it gets you that outlet, that creativity. Um, and like I said, sometimes in our, in our roles, you know, we don't always get to do things the way we want. We, you know, we're still part of a bigger system. And so yeah. finding that way to, to get that out and still do what we need to is important, I think. I think that's so true, Ray. I mean, you, you know, you, there's no doubt that you're going to stay within the boundaries of the district's vision, but it, but it, it, you know, it also means that, you know, it's okay to challenge. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to, to push, you know, on, on people's thoughts because um, that's how, again, that's how we grow. We can, we can disagree. You know, I always tell my, you know, building leadership teams that I've run, if we're going to have this out and disagree, we're going to do it right here behind closed doors in, in this meeting, because we're not going to take it out there on the face of the community and in front of the rest of the school. You know, we can, we can disagree all you want. We're going to do it respectfully and we're going to do it right here. You know, but, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you know, you talk about, you know, having, um, been able to find this creative outlet for yourself, you know, this outlet that is this podcast. And um, and leaders need that too, because too often we find ourselves uh, sometimes stuck in the mire of things and not able to not able to get out. And, you know, I've been there, we've all been there. So we have to as leaders, um, because so much of our time is taken up with, with people and with um, the details of things, we, we still have to take time for ourselves and find things that we enjoy doing. So... Yeah. I mean, even when you and I work together, you know, like um, as your assistant principal, like I firmly believed as an assistant principal, my job was to make the principal and the school look good. Like I was like completely happy being behind the scenes and just doing the things that needed to be done. Um, and I remember the HR director, like I think two years after you left mm -hmm. saying to me, you know, like, well, you know, you need to form your own leadership style and you need to not just do what the principal tells you. And I was like, while I agree and I understand, like I am the assistant principal. Like if you give me the chance to be the principal, trust me, you'll see my leadership style. But I, otherwise I have to mold a little bit around what my, my boss is, is suggesting and, and recommending and demanding. Um, and so it was, it was a, a, a balance that you have to find on how to have your own voice, how to know when to push. I mean, Jeff, you and I have talked the number one piece of advice you gave me, which to this day, I think is my biggest advice I got as an administrator was I, I walked in your office and I was, you know, this is my second year as an administrator. And, and you know, I have a tendency or I had a tendency. Um, I hope I'm over it to be a little brash at times. And I walked in your office and I was fuming. I don't even remember what yep. the topic was about. Yep. And I was like, Jeff, we got to go. And it was like, I was ready to go in and start chewing out people and, and everything. And you just looked at me and said, is this the hill you want to die on? <laughs> and, and I said, what are you talking about? And you're like, listen, you, you, the advice you gave me was, you find those things that are part of your mission and vision. And if whatever the thing you need change or you need to address is going to affect that mission and vision to the point where you can't implement it, then it's something you die on. Otherwise, sometimes you got to, you got to be a little bit more diplomatic or a little bit more creative on how to address it and not just um, take on every challenge. For sure. And, and it was something that, you know, like to this day, like I've gotten very good at looking at the situation and going, okay, is this something that needs to be, how does this need to be addressed? How heavily do I need to address it? How do I, how do I go about it? And, and I always go back to, does this, is, does this affect my mission and vision? Is this right. going to stop what's, what I need to have happen? Or is it 
just going to be a little speed bump that we need to work through, you know? That's when right there, Ray, that's when I knew that you were ready to be principal and, and very soon is that I could see your passion and I knew what you were passionate about and it was for the right reasons. And, and at the same time you were able to back off. Right. And, and, yeah. and think about like, huh? Yeah. What do I know my mission? Do I know my vision? And if not, make sure you put those ideas to paper because otherwise you're going to die on every hill and it's yeah. not going to be worth it. And it's going and to that was me my first couple of years as an administrator, my first year as an administrator, especially before you gave me that advice. I mean it like I remember first week of school, I was calling veteran teachers into my office to ask them male teachers why they were wearing shorts. And I was ready. I was ready to start like yeah. we we cannot be doing this and until hr called me and said that it fits what the the dress code was at the time and there was nothing i could do about it and i was like dress code says professional and at great america they have to tuck their shirts in and they, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know and and but you know it was one of those things that i had like i fought that until the point where hr said you can't fight this anymore and i yeah. said okay you know um and so i had to learn and so i i did i learned it yeah, i did. think you know yeah you did Ray, one last question. What are you hopeful for? Wow. You didn't tell me that one was coming. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm hopeful, as we talked a little bit, I'm hopeful that we will see change in things, in people, in systems. In, I mean, there's a lot, you know. And, and so my biggest change, though, that I want to see right now, and I know there's huge change that needs to be out there, is just that we can listen to each other. We can respect each other. Um, I'm hopeful that can happen. I really am. I think when you get people who are passionate about whatever, um, you respect that passion. You try to understand where they're coming from. Um, but most cases, they're passionate because they want to see what's best for, for in their mind. Mm. And so if you can see that, you know, I mean, we've talked a lot. You know, you have those parents who come in just fuming because of yeah. something that happened and and they always apologize after you get done they're like oh i'm so sorry i was yelling or and i always tell them don't you dare apologize that's your job your job is to be passionate and be advocate for your kids right my job is to make sure that i'm doing what's best for your kids also and if i'm not you should be calling me and you should be coming in and demanding it you know and so you, you i think we need to stop looking at how people are arguing and listen to what they're saying mm. and, and, and understanding each other more. And so I'm, I am, I am hopeful that we can get there. I really, I really am. Um, yeah. And I think it, it, it starts with us individually and, yeah. and the examples we set and then we, we grow it out from there. Yep. It does. It does. I mean, who, I mean, that, what a great way to end, man. I mean, that, that we will see change. And I think, I think we can, I think a couple of key points, you know, or at least one is that we have to listen. We have to listen. And that means slowing down and trying to understand the other side of things. Right. Yeah. Listen to understand, not listen to respond. Yep. You know, I mean, yep. too Don't often people, when they listen, they're listening listening until they get to something that they can jump on mm. and they can argue with. And then they stop listening because they're just waiting for their chance to respond. You know what? I mean, yeah. you have to listen until you understand. And then you can have a good conversation about how it needs to change because you understand both sides. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't care if you're talking the art of war, they say you have to understand your opponent, you know, yeah. you, you have to, you have to know your enemy, you know, and, and, and if you, if it's that side where you're at 
complete opposites. You still have to know what their thoughts are and their beliefs are so you can understand them and then you can see where they're coming from. And that's where you can sure. come up with a compromise or a solution. Sure. Until then, zip the lip. Yep. Quiet. Quiet. Unless they're rooting for the Cubs and then oh. it's an easy decision. <laughs> No comment. Yeah, you were right, Adam. Should have cut him off ten minutes ago. <laughs> I can edit that part out. Ray, man, it was a great, great time talking to you this afternoon. It's amazing. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys, and I, I love listening to your guys' podcasts. There, you know, for thank on. you. Thanks I will admit, on. you guys are the first podcast I followed. I've listened to other ones before, awesome. but I've never actually you, followed man. one until I got your guys' out there. And I love listening to every episode. It's just oh, that's great. Guests you have on the the conversation is so good. So I'm Thank just you. honored to be a part of this. That's, uh, uh, it's goosebumpy, Prickett. You yeah. got goosebumps or what? Uh, right now, yep, yep. goosebumps. Yep. Ray, thanks for coming on. Ray Porton, everybody, on the Principal Leadership Lab. Ray, if people want to reach out to you, continue the conversation, how can they find you? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I mean, those would be the easiest ways to find me. Great. Don't ask me what my Twitter handle is because I just realized (laughs) I was on Twitter like a month ago that I had a handle. That's right. You do. You do. And I I I follow you. I I follow you too. I just don't know. We we will take care of that for you and put your handles in the show notes so people can (laughs) find you if they need to. Sounds great. Thank you so much, guys. All right, Ray. Have a great night. Adam, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. Feel free to connect with us in between episodes on Twitter and on Instagram. All of our information is included within our show notes. Until next time, this is Adam signing off for the Principal Leadership Lab.